You're listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Sometimes you've got to get out of your comfort zone to make a relationship happen. I mean, we want to have holiness in our lives as followers of Christ, and we want to have godly relationships. And, and i got to tell you, in order to live the holy life that God wants to lead you into, and, and definitely in order to have godly relationships, there are times you have to get uncomfortable, and you have to step out of your comfort zone. Like an example is this. A few weeks ago was my wife Shelly's birthday, and, uh, and I wanted to do something special for her. Now, I cook dinner like four nights a week in our home. That's just kind of something we set on. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but, but I don't cook Italian food. I don't like Italian food. Now I know, I know, I know I'm weird, but I don't like pasta. And so I don't, I hardly ever will eat Italian food. I never cook Italian food, but uh, my wife loves it. Italian's her favorite. Her favorite dish is chicken fettuccine Alfredo. And so, um, on her birthday weekend, Typically, I don't cook on the weekends. I cook during the week. And and she was getting some, I don't know, something, hot dogs, peanut butter sandwich ready for the kids for their Saturday dinner. And I said, don't cook. Don't fix yourself any dinner. I'm going to fix dinner for you and for me. And uh, she said, well, okay. You know, I don't, you don't typically cook on Sunday, but that's, that's our Saturday. That's, that's great. And so I, I cooked fettuccine Alfredo. Uh, with chicken, chicken fettuccine Alfredo. And it's, and again, it was, I'm not saying this like, like, Hey, look at me. Look what a great husband. I'm just saying I wanted to do something special for her. And I had to step out of my comfort zone. One is I don't really cook on Saturdays. It's kind of a day. I do a lot of other, other things. And, but, but I wanted to do something special for her and I don't cook pasta because uh, 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 I don't like pasta but I did I cooked it I ate it it was good she she said she liked it maybe she was just being nice I don't know but but I wanted to do something special for her and that's kind of what we want to the idea we want to start off with today is we want to do in in our relationships if we're being honest we want to do something special for the people we love so we're in week five of our series sex love and dating our <laughs> sex love and devotion you may be dating but maybe you're married but what we're saying is we want to be committed to building godly relationships. And what does it take to have godly relationships? And we've covered a lot of things in this. And, and out of all the messages in this series, I'm going to say this one is probably the most practical and has the most potential for the greatest transformation in your relationships. So if you apply these principles we're going to be discussing today, I promise you, you're going to see a change in your life. And I, and I believe you'll see a change in your relationships. So we're in Song of Songs. We have a couple more weeks left this week and next week. So we're in chapter 7 this week. And uh, we're actually going to read through the first verse of chapter 8. Now remember, if, if you're just joining us just now, Song of Songs is a, is not a like typical book of the Bible. It is a... Uh, it is a musical play. It was. Uh, it's got parts. There's a there's a male lead, a female lead, and then there's a chorus that repeat that, that comes on every so often of these young women of Jerusalem, kind of the BFFs of the of the young woman in the in the in the musical play. So in the Song of Songs, what I'll do is as I read through chapter seven and into the first verse of chapter eight, I'll make a note of who's speaking what part. Okay. So we begin with chapter seven with the young man speaking, and he says. 
How beautiful are your sandaled feet, O queenly maiden! Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a skilled craftsman. Your navel is perfectly formed, like a goblet filled with mixed wine. Between your thighs lies a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, two twins, uh, two fawns of a gazelle. Your neck is the as beautiful as an ivory tower. Your eyes are like sparkling pools of Heshbon, by the gates of wrath. Bathrobin. Your nose is fine as the Tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. Your head is as majestic as Mount Carmel, and the sheen of your hair radiates royalty. The king is held captive by its tresses. Oh, how beautiful you are! How pleasing, my love! How full of delights! You are a slender palm tree, and your breasts are like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree, and I will take hold of its fruit. May your breast be like grape clusters, and the fragrance of your breath like apples. May your kisses be as exciting as the best wine. Whew. And the young woman replies, Yes, wine that goes down smoothly for my lover, flowing gently over lips and teeth. I am my lover's, and he claims me as his own. Come, my love, let us go out to the fields and spend the night among the wildflowers. Let us get up early and go to the vineyards and see if the grapevines have budded, if the blossoms have opened, if the pomegranates have bloomed. There I will give you my love. There the mandrakes give off their fragrance and the finest fruits are at our door. New delights, as well as old, which I have saved for you, my lover. And she continues into verse 8, or chapter 8. Oh, how I wish you were my brother, who nursed at my mother's breast. I, then I could kiss you no matter who is watching, and no one would criticize me. Now, admittedly, that last verse we read, the chapter 8, verse 1, is kind of a strange verse to our ears. So we'll get there. We're going to get there kind of at the end of our uh, message today. But, 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 but for now, let's get into like the real kind of nitty-gritty here. And when it comes to our relationships, we generally judge others by their actions, like by what they do. If we like what they're doing, we're pleased. If we don't like what they're doing, we're not happy. And that's what we tend to do. Now, on the other hand, we generally like judge ourselves by our intentions. Like, well, I intended to do good, even though if our actions don't quite match. And that happened to me recently. Um, actually, I was I, I work from home, from the home office, and uh, was spent the day like working kind of like what I'm doing now, working in doing sermon stuff and, 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 and church stuff and trying to make connections and just, you know, what, doing whatever I do. And, uh, <laughs> and, and there had been some dirty dishes left that needed to go into the dishwasher on the sink. And my intentions were, I'm going to take those dirty dishes at some point during the day and get them into the sink. Only I never took a break and I never stopped to go in there and do that. I was in the office all day long. And so when she got home, she was kind of with a sigh, you know, how they do. <laughs> and ladies, it's okay. We we know it's it's give us the sigh. We need it. <sighs> These dishes didn't get in the dishwasher, and I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." And I I went in. I was like, "Let me do it. Let me do it." I and I intended to do it during the day, but I didn't. So here's the thing: godly relationships happen when our actions match our intentions. Will we miss it sometimes? Yes. Will we mess it up? Yes. But what we need to do is work on this and focus on this and not judge our significant other, our, our, in our marriages, or, or in any of our relationships. Don't judge others by their actions and expect that we get judged by our intentions. Let's be people who have our actions match our intentions. So, here's the first thing, and this is practical stuff. I would say write this down. This may, I believe this will help be helpful for you. And it's simple. If you think something good, say it. 
If you think something good, say it. And there's a lot of things that you should say when you think something good. Now, if you, if you think some things that, that may not be good, you shouldn't say those. Like, you know, honey, have you gained some weight? Don't say that to your wife. Um, that dress reminds me of my old girlfriend. Probably not the best thing to say. Um, in my house, something you would never say to, to my wife is, that I would never say, is where did you get those lame shoes? Because shoes are an important part of, of uh you know, the, the lifestyle here. Um, you know, can you stop talking? I'm trying to watch the game. That's not something you want to say to your wife. Even though, like, you know, your cooking is good, but it's not like my mom's. This is great. This, this, this meal is good, but it's not like how my mom made it. Don't say these things. Happy anniversary. I brought you a treadmill. Don't do this. Don't say these things um, in there. So, but if you think something good, say it. To think something good and not say it, it's like buying a present and wrapping it and not giving it. Why Why do we do this, though? Why do we sometimes not say the good things that we think and feel? Well, as we look at the end of chapter 6, before we really jumped into chapter 7 today, and then we look at the very first part of chapter 7, we see that she's dancing for him. We get the idea she's dancing for him, and he's, he's thinking good things, so he's going to tell her the good things that he's thinking. This is the third time in the Song of Songs we see him rattle off a string of compliments to his lady. So the first two times, he started at the top of her head and worked down. But this time, he's like, I'm getting creative this time. He's starting with her feet, and he's working up. Verse 1, he says, says how beautiful are your feet he's like your your legs are like jewels the work of a skilled craftsman so god is the skilled craftsman and who created her and so he says he's basically saying god gave you really great legs in verse two he says your navel is a goblet filled with wine so he's saying you know your 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 navel is a goblet filled with wine so in ancient israel the navel is like known as the seat of the emotions like we would think like your heart like we would say put your heart in into it. They would say, put your navel into it. Well, put your gut into it. Feel it in your gut. Like it's That's where the seat of your emotions are in ancient Israel. So they believed that the emotions were kind of contained there in the, in the navel, in the gut area. So wine represented the best of God's blessings. So when, when he's saying this, like your navel is a goblet filled with wine, and he says the best mixed wine, he's saying, you are God's greatest blessing to me. You're the greatest blessing I've ever known. No one could ever make me feel the way you do. That's what he's saying to her. And he goes on, he says, your waist is a mound of wheat. Now, I'm not sure that referring to her waist as a mound of anything is a good thing in our culture. And in that culture, it probably was a good thing, but it doesn't really translate, does it? And then he says, your breasts are two fawns, two little baby deer. And he's used this line before. I mean, he used it when he was courting her. He used it when they had, last week we saw them fight and make up. And he used this line again to kind of like, okay, uh, this uh, uh, let's make up. And here's the, here's this, this line about your breasts are two fawns. And so he's like, it worked before. It must work again. So here he is a third time saying this. Then he continues. He's thinking good things and he's saying them. He says, your neck is a tower. Your nose is a tower. Your eyes are like pools of water. Your hair, royal tapestry. I mean, he's complimenting her. And you think about using our the tongue and the words that we say. Proverbs 18.21 says that the tongue has the power of life and death. We want to speak life. We want to speak words of encouragement and blessing into our relationships. So we, we, we can do that or we can speak words of criticism, slander, and gossip. But we get to choose. And you can literally speak death into a relationship with your mouth. So let's do this. Let's commit to speak words of admiration, 
affection and affirmation words of admiration i admire you i love you you are you you're you are um i admire this about you um uh, words of affection are you know i have so much love for you you i feel so close to you you're my best friend affirmation i believe in you i mean i'm in your corner i'm for you because we use our words and we use them kind of flippantly and we'll say i love you and and over time those words can lose their power than when you first say them i've told this story so many times at awaken that the first time i said you know i was in the moment with with shelly who's now my wife and i looked her in the eyes and we had we were in the moment and i said i love you and she said okay (laughs) Uh, it took some time but a little bit later we had we were somewhere and she said oh i need to tell you something before uh before we say good night and i said great what is it she said i love you too so it took some time for her to get in the same moment i was in but we go from that first moment we say i love you and we just feel it to later on good night love you catch you later love you love you mean it and it starts to lose its power and and what you want to do is keep the power of love and sometimes i'll hear you know what i love you but i love you but 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 probably fades the power of love faster than any other word like i and i want to give us a word that will increase the power of word i love you because i love you because you know you if you will bring those words of admiration affection and, and affirmation there you think something good and say it i love you because in our relationships especially between a husband and wife when we're talking about marriage when you don't say something good they often assume something bad. Is that fair? No, but is it real? Abs- absolutely. I told you I loved you at our wedding. We might have that thought. <laughs> what do you want? I told you I loved you at our wedding, right? Uh, uh, I said you were pretty the other day. So we need to think something good and and say those good things that we think. Um, give it life. Verse 5, he says, I am held captive by the tresses of your hair. Now, this was originally written in Hebrew. And the Hebrew word that, that's translated as like held captive is asar. And asar means to to hitch or to harness. To, to, it refers to a prisoner. And he says, I'm captivated. I'm held prisoner by you, by the hair, by your hair. It's just that beautiful captivating is what it is and then he says some stuff about climbing a slender palm tree and grabbing some fruit and we'll not get into that i'm assuming you can understand what he's saying in the song now verse 10 he says i belong to my lover and his or she says i belong to my lover and his desires for me so she's secure here she's like we are one we're united we're one together i'm safe with him he guards my heart and, the, and, and this word desire here, ri- again, originally in Hebrew, is is to, is a teshukal, teshukal, and teshukal refers to this this carrying, uh, reaching, reaching out for, like I'm reaching out for you, my desire is for you, I'm reaching out for you, and it applies a deep longing, and it comes from a root word shook. Teshukal comes from the root word shook, and shook means to overflow. I'm overflowing with you. It's like she's singing, like I'm in love i'm all shook up see what i did there took a little elvis and rubbed it on there <laughs> if you think something good say it okay now the second thing and you might want to write this down guys if you think something special do it do it if you think something special do it this is how i came to actually cook our meals four nights of the week um is uh nine years ago when our third son Niall was born um man it doesn't seem like it's been nine years wow um 
that's, I've been cooking our dinners nine for nine years. That's crazy. It doesn't seem that long. Anyway, um, when Niall was born, we had we had a 13 year old. We had a teenager who actually was 14 at the time. He, he you know, and we had a a 14 month old. So we had a teenager, a, a one year old, 14 month old, and then we had a newborn when Niall was born. And I'm getting thinking, okay, we have two babies now. We have two. Two, we have a one-year-old and a newborn. There's a lot. That's a lot of diapers. That's a lot of feedings. That's a lot of crying. That's a lot of rocking. And I'm like, mom is gonna do the majority of that stuff. That's just that's just reality, right? Like I've changed a lot of diapers in my life, having three boys, but I have not changed even a quarter of the diapers my wife has. Okay. And so that, you know, she's going to be handling and I, and I, and I just know that's just how it's going to work. It's, it wasn't like I put down, I'm not changing diapers. It's just, that's just how this works out in our relationship. But I began to think, what is something special I can do for her? Because she doesn't need to think about everything and try to do everything. And it hit me. I can cook dinner. I will. I like to cook. And I, she's a great cook. Don't get me wrong. I like to cook. So so why don't I do that? How about you? Don't have to. You don't have to just figure out dinner at any time. You and, and if there's something that you want, and, and you know, I will ask you what do you want for dinner. I'll cook it. And if it's something I just absolutely can't do, then we'll work that out. But but so so this was like a gift I gave. It was something special I thought of, and I'm like, okay, I got to do this. And and so we got to think about that. I and mean, think about how when you've received on you know received something like this, when when something special someone's done for you, how does it make you feel? So we see here in the Song of Songs that like this couple who's now married, by the way, this married couple, they did this. They they applied this to the, to these actions in their marriage. The first thing they did that we can do to to is to spend purposeful time together. Spend purposeful time together. Now, when you're both in the same room, it's not necessarily purposeful time together because a lot of times this is how it works, right? The TV's on. Or, or, or maybe, and uh, you're, you're both on your phones. Maybe she's reading a, a book or an article, and, and you're playing a game, or you're surfing, you know, Instagram, whatever. But but the thing is, you're spending incidental time together. You're in the same room, but you're not purposefully spending time together. We need to spend purposeful time together. In verse 11, she says, "Let's go to the countryside. We'll hit the villages, spend the night among the wildflowers." So she sets up a special, like a date night with her husband, and and he and she says, "I'm booking." us kind of a night at a bed and breakfast basically like we're going to spend some purposeful time together and we think of this and we go but we're so busy or gosh we're just so tired and sometimes in order to spend purposeful time together we have to you have to rest from trying to do everything and you may have to say no to some things because there's a there's an infinite number of things that's trying to get your attention and, and I, I understand because I have the same life and, and I've learned the discipline of saying no to things and sometimes many good things so that I can say a resounding yes to the best and i realize this may cause frustration and it invites criticism because i have been on the receiving end of these since i made the decision uh to uh, several years ago now to say no to some things even good things not everything but but if it means i have to say no to the best then i'm going to say no to the thing the, the things that are good now you know, obviously we want to say no to the bad things. And, and I, you know, we're not talking about that. I mean, this is church, right? We, you expect, okay, you say yes 
to the good things of God and you say no to the bad things. Well, I'm talking about there are things that are good that will will, will take away from your purposeful time you spend together. I made a commitment. I just want to spend purposeful time being successful at three things. I'm going to spend purposeful time being focused on being a good husband. That's number one. I'm going to spend purposeful time uh, being successful at being a good daddy. That's number two. Those are the top two. And then, and then you know, as a child of God, as a father of Christ, and a leader in God's church, as a pastor, I will be, this is my third one, it's like, I'm going to be successful in, in having purposeful time and being a leader in God's church. And that has looked different over the years since that's happened. Currently, we're planting this church, Awaken Church, in Natchitoches, and it's an up and down roller coaster ride. And I'm like, you know, success doesn't look in this case like 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 every time we think about success in our life. It's about how many people and how much money. Success here is about the kingdom of God and the kingdom seeds that are being planted. And I'm telling you that I'm committed to these three things, to, to have purposeful time in my life to do this. Now, there's incidental time that I have that will do other things, and you can do those things that will keep you energized to continue to be focused on the purposeful things in your life. What you may have to do is say no to some things, maybe a lot of things, maybe even good things, so that you can say yes to the best. And I'm telling you, folks who are married, your marriage deserves your best best okay so if you think something special do it so other than spend purposeful time together the other thing you can do is do thoughtful acts for each other do thoughtful things for each other we have to be committed to doing thoughtful acts and she says in verse 13 um, this is kind of an interesting passage the mandrakes give off their fragrance and the finest fruits are at our door every delicacy both old and new I have stored up for you my lover so mandrakes they have they're this like just weird roots and uh, they often they resemble a man, and women would eat these mandrakes in ancient times, and I, I guess that's still a thing, uh, because they were believed to be an aphrodisiac, and they also believed they increased fertility. And so when she says this line, she's saying to her husband, I've been saving all this up for you. I've been thinking about you. And this is a thoughtful act that takes place. So when you think something thoughtful, do it. And do it immediately. Do it right then. Because I found, if I, for me personally now, you may be wired differently, but if I don't go ahead and do it, or at least make a note, or put it on the calendar, or something, that, <coughs> excuse me, then it gets forgotten. It just gets by the wayside, and time moves on, and the moment passes. So do something now. Do it. And thirdly, and write this down if you're taking notes. If you want something different than what the rest of the world has, be it. it was, you know, week one we went back and we looked at a lot of stats about you know, and the, one of those stats was about divorce rate, and um, and 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 sexual uh, activities of, of folks before they get married. And here's the thing. And we, did, we said, we want to have godly relationships. And we look around our world and go, this is not a common thing. Godly relationships are not a common thing. And if we want something different than what the rest of the world has, we need to be it. If we want to have something different than the divorce rate, we have to be it. You know, um, the great band, Ario Speedwagon, had this line in a song. It says, I can't fight this feeling anymore. I've forgotten what I started fighting for. And if I have to crawl up on the floor, come crashing through your door, baby, I can't fight this feeling anymore. What what the writer of that song is saying, I'm, we, I want something different, so I'm willing to 
to be it. I will be someone who will cr- crawl on the floor because I'm humbling myself. I want something different than what the rest of the world has, and I want to be it for you because I can't fight this feeling any more. So if you look at your marriage and you say, I wish it was different, then be different. You know, work on yourself. Um, if you know, don't, don't, I wish he was different or I wish she was different. Work on you. You work on you. Be different. If you want you know, if you want something different in your sex life than what the culture's way is, the culture's way which leaves you feeling alone and unfulfilled, then be different. God planned this to be a healthy, vibrant, fun, fulfilling part of a marriage. So it's up to us to be it. So we go back to Song of Songs, chapter 1, and she said, I'll not be like the other veiled women who follow the shepherds and offer their bodies to them. So we studied this, and we understand that these women are basically prostitutes. And she says, we're going to be different. I'm not going to be like that. You're not going to be like that. We're not going to be. Our relationship is going to be different. And then in chapter 2, they talked about catching the foxes. Catch, us, catch for us the little foxes and that ruin the vineyard. See, the vineyard represents the physical body, and the foxes are those sexual temptations that would destroy God's plan for us. And, and he's saying, we're going to be different. We're going to catch the foxes. We're going to keep the foxes out of our vineyard. And last week, we saw him fight, right? I mean, he was looking for love. She had a headache. He got mad, and he left, and her heart sank. And then then he comes back. He's humble, and he says, Lover, come back to me. And you could almost hear the sorrow and the repentance in his voice. And if you want something different, be different. Now, chapter 8, verse 1. we got to get to this verse. She says something strange to our ears, definitely. If only you were like my brother... Then when I found you outside, I would kiss you and no one would despise me. So in Israel, this is, you know, again, this is ancient Israel. The only time it was ever appropriate for a man to touch a woman in public was if she were his sister. Now, in the context of this, we've all we've been through romantic touching and romantic love all through this. Now, a brother and his sister would not touch each other in a romantic intimate way but only a brother could touch a sister his sister as a female in public that was the only way it was 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 appropriate and and here's what would happen if you did if if you did touch a woman who wasn't your sister an orthodox jew would come over and pop you on the head that's what happened in the culture it where there was no uh you know you couldn't you know put your hand on her shoulder or brush by her there wasn't but you'll forget some of the stuff that happens in our world today you know if you you were in public and you talk to a woman who was not your sister and and you especially if you touched them you would get bopped on the head because everybody's looking out for this because they wanted something different and they were going to be different and if you want something special you say it you do it and you be it okay now we have to do this, and, and it takes it takes some effort on our part. But here's the thing. James one twenty two says, For us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So don't just listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says, because we change as we follow Jesus. We want to be different. We we have to realize we change as we follow Jesus, okay? So what is our what what are your next steps? Well, I would say your first next step is if you're not following Jesus, then follow Jesus. Just pray right now, Lord, I, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to follow you. I, 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 realize, I realize I'm far from God. I will, I will even admit, I will agree with you that I'm a sinner. But I know 
that I want this. I want this in my relationships. I want relationships that are healthy. And Lord, I believe this message that you can make me healthy. You can, you can, you can redeem me. You can restore me. You can change me. And so, Jesus, I want to follow you, and I'm willing to follow you from now on. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for everybody, man, we need to take these next steps, and it's exactly what we've been talking about. Number one, if you think something good, say it. If you think something special, do it. And if you want something different, be it. Okay? Let's do this. Lord, we love you. Thank you for our time together today. Thank you for this message, this ancient song of songs, Lord, that we can come and um, read and, and realize, wow, there's some crazy, beautiful, amazing stuff in the Bible that we didn't realize was there. And Lord, it speaks to us today. And when we understand some of the cultural context of this ancient play, it gives us some tools and some practical application. And Lord, I pray that we would all put this practical application into our relationships, into our marriages, Lord. For those of us who are who are part of this message today and we're not married, that, that for, for someday when we are, we will begin now to put these into practice in our relationships as we prepare for that one day, big, big, most intimate relationship that we will ever have. And Lord, help us to do this in all our relationships, to, th- to say the good things we think, to do the special things that we think of, and to be different in your name and by your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awakened Church at awakenla.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.